Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, presented to you by Belly Up Sports. And I have to be honest with you guys, I am having a rough start back from my weekend getaway that I had this past weekend celebrating the anniversary with my wife which was a lot of fun. It was great to get away. We had a big break. That's why, in case you were wondering, in case you missed the announcement, that's why we only had uh, one episode previewing Week 5 last week. On Thursday, we previewed all of the Week 5 matchups. That was why. That was also why we did not have our normal Monday, uh, Sunday afternoon recap show because what we were supposed to do is record Monday night and then come out Tuesday morning early with a full Week 5 recap and waiver wire report. And that wound up not happening. And the reason that wound up not happening is because of a technical issue on my end. I recorded an hour and 45-minute episode where I recapped everything from Week 5, got through the waiver wire report, felt great about the analysis that I was giving you guys to get you set up moving forward into Week 6, some of the things you have to look out for, some of the things to be aware of, what guys' values had changed. And somewhere between putting the file together and 
uploading it to our host server that puts it out everywhere, like the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, or on any one of your favorite streaming apps, iHeart, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, Spotify, it wound up getting corrupted somehow. And then we went back into the studio where I first recorded it, and the file was corrupted there too. Not sure what happened. I hate technology. It was not the start that I wanted coming back off of my weekend getaway. And as a result of that, we do not have that episode for you. So I'm here recording this on Tuesday afternoon. And unfortunately, on Tuesday afternoons, I don't have time to re-record the entire week five recap with the waiver wire report that I recorded for you guys last night. Unfortunately, because I have a day job and I also work on my rankings, getting you guys ready for week six or the upcoming week, normally speaking on Tuesdays to begin with. But I wanted to make sure I was able to jump in here while I had a moment and be able to talk to you guys about the waiver wire report segment at the very least. So at least you have that heading into week six. I apologize. Like I said, it's a technical issue on my end. Hopefully it's worked out now and figured out and we won't have this issue again, hopefully. Uh, but very unfortunate, and once again, I apologize. But like I said, I want to make sure you guys get the waiver wire report at the very least, so that's what we're here to record now. So this will be a shorter episode for all the injury news and stuff like that you may need to get caught up on as far as the recapping goes from week five or what guys' fantasy value is now moving forward into week six, what you can expect, buy lows, sell highs, and stuff like that. We'll be active on social media like we are every single week with the player news update notifications. So just follow us on Twitter, at BellyUpMDFFShow. Make sure you have those alerts turned on, and we'll keep you up to date with everything you need to know heading into week six. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook, at BellyUpMDFFShow as well. So let's go ahead and talk about the waiver report because at least we can get this out there to you guys. At least you can take this with you heading into your Tuesday night waiver claims. And I will say the one benefit of recording this on a Tuesday afternoon is that we actually have access to more information about certain players than we would have if we were recording this Monday night like we normally do. For instance, when it comes to Chase Claypool, who is on the waiver wire report list this week, who's only 9% owned on average, and of course will be a hot button waiver wire pickup uh, regardless if anybody was paying attention at all to this past Sunday game and what he was able to do, what we found out is that Deontay Johnson may actually wind up missing this week. The team came out pretty much as soon as that game was over. Mike Tomlin came out pretty much as soon as that game was over and said they fully expected Deontay Johnson to play this week. Well, now they've kind of backed off of that a little bit. Now, it doesn't mean that Deontay Johnson will definitely miss this week. But instead of being confident again, doubling down on him coming back this week, Mike Tomlin came out today and said, to be determined if Deontay Johnson will be able to go on Sunday to be determined throughout the week of practice. So that's something you're going to have to keep your eyes on and actually changes my tune on Chase Claypool a little bit from what I was actually talking about in yesterday's show. Because yesterday I was telling you guys, be cautious. He wasn't on the do not add list, which we do have somebody we're going to talk about who's on the do not add list who had a big week last week. But he was somebody who I was saying, don't empty your pocketbook out there trying to get. And that would probably still be my advice because even if Deontay Johnson misses this week, it's not something that is considered to be serious. It's not something that we think Deontay Johnson misses a lot of time for, even if he misses one week out of it. The thing about Chase Claypool that you have to remember is that the only reason he was as involved as he was this past week is because Deontay Johnson got knocked out so early in that game. And being that the Steelers run a primarily three-receiver set, well then, as a result of that, Claypool was out on the field a lot, almost all the time, much more than he normally has been up until this point. When Deontay Johnson is active and Juju Smith-Schuster is active, 
Chase Claypool and James Washington have essentially been splitting snaps, splitting routes on the other side. Now, I talked about this a couple weeks ago and why Claypool was actually on the waiver wire report last week was because I thought it was going to be sooner rather than later before Claypool overtakes James Washington because his talent is so much greater. The dimension that he brings to this offense is so much better that I just don't see how they will continue to play James Washington ahead of Chase Claypool given the rapport, the chemistry that he's starting to show with Ben Roethlisberger and given what he can do. Because the one thing the Steelers don't really have when Claypool is not out on the field, they don't have a consistent deep field threat. They don't have that extra dimension. They are an offense that you can squeeze to some degree as it stands right now. But Claypool takes that all out of the way. Claypool opens up the entire field to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think it's sooner rather than later. Now, whether this game will be the indication, will be the mark where Claypool finally overtakes James Washington on the depth chart, even when Deontay Johnson is healthy, we don't know because that hasn't been the case so far to this point. As of right now, we have to operate under the idea that when Deontay Johnson is active, Claypool is still in a timeshare with James Washington on the opposite perimeter side of the field. And remember in this game, Darius Slay was shadowing Deontay Johnson until he went out. Once he went out, then he started shadowing Juju Smith-Schuster. So Chase Claypool had a great matchup on on Maddox pretty much the entire week. and That was why he was able to go off so well, because Maddox cannot cover his own shadows, let alone a physical phenom that is Chase Claypool. So my advice to you still stands from this sense where I'm not going crazy on my fab budget. I'm not going to spend 25% going after a Claypool. But knowing now that there's a chance Deontay Johnson might miss, well, instead of saying 10%, I might go somewhere between 15, maybe 20, if you really feel like Claypool is going to be able to turn the corner, overtake Washington sooner rather than later, and be a boomer bust wide receiver three for you down the playoff stretch. I would maybe go that route if you're somebody really looking for a wide receiver because he has that home run hitting ability. But keep in mind, this was probably his best game of the year. And not probably, I will say this was definitely his best game of the year. So just kind of keep that in mind before you go crazy on your fab budgets. Would I spend a top priority on Chase Claypool? Mm, maybe. If I'm a team sitting at 3-2, and 4-1, and one, or dare I even say 5-0, and oh, and I have a top three waiver priority, and I need a receiver for down the road, I would definitely contemplate it in that scenario. But in general terms, if I have a top three waiver priority in my league, I'm probably not going to be spending it on Chase Claypool necessarily. I don't necessarily want to lose that spot for a wide receiver when you can get so many wide receivers throughout the year to be able to plug and play in your lineups. I want to save that for a running back who's really going to be able to help me out for at least a few weeks, if not down the road. So it depends on what kind of situation you're in. That's why Chase Claypool at 9% owned. He's definitely a waiver wire ad, but somebody I would caution against going crazy on. So that's one of the things that we had to talk about. Another one was Andy Dalton. The other, gonna, the other guy who's going to be probably a top waiver pickup this week. Less than 1% owned. This guy is available everywhere, as, as he should be, because he's the backup quarterback to Dak Prescott. You're not going to be owning backup quarterbacks. You're not going to be handcuffing your guys, especially when it comes to the quarterback position more times than not. But Andy Dalton, with the weapons that he now has, and he's never had an offense this good, he should be someone who's considered a top 10 quarterback the rest of the season. Dak Prescott's out. He's gone. You have Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, who's been a serviceable tight end, spelling in for Blake Jarwin. Andy Dalton has never had this many weapons at his disposal. And this is a guy that we're talking about who has been a competent quarterback. He's been hit or miss. 
but he's a guy who has finished in the top five in fantasy quarterbacks before. This is a guy who's been to the playoffs multiple years throughout his career on a Cincinnati Bengals team. So I think it's safe to say that Andy Dalton definitely has top 10 potential the rest of the way, making him a top waiver ad, and not something that happens very often for quarterbacks. But if you're a team who wait at the quarterback position, who's been streaming there, and you're pretty set at running back and wide receiver, I'm picking up Andy Dalton. If you are that, if you're that one QB 10 every week away from being a bona fide championship team, and a lot of people are going to find themselves in this position, I will spend 40% of my fad budget, maybe even 50, depending on what situation I'm in. If I if I've hadn't had many injuries and I have good depth, I will spend my top waiver priority going after an Andy Dalton because it's not very often that you get a quarterback who's going to have top. 10 potential every single week. Certain matchups, streaming options, sure. Every week, no. With that defense and those weapons, I sky's the limit for Andy Dalton as far as being a QB1 the rest of the way. So if you're in that position, you go after an Andy Dalton. That could be the missing ingredient for a championship team. And if you're in a position, obviously if you're Dak Prescott, you need to get Andy Dalton. And that's where I might spend 50% of my budget because you need that production. That production has carried you to this point in the season, flat out. And while it's not going to be Dak Prescott level, while it's not going to be top three quarterback level, no one's expecting that, given that woefulness of a defense, given the weapons that they have, you can expect at least 80% maybe of what Dak Prescott was giving you in the first place. You can get that kind of value out of him. And that is still a quarterback who's going to be competing for top five status on any given week. So Andy Dalton is a must-grab for you if you're a Dak Prescott owner as well. That's going to be a big ad this week. And if for some, some people out there who are like, well, it's Andy Dalton, I don't know, be aggressive. I have full confidence that he will be a great ad for you guys moving forward. And then outside of that, the other top ad is going to be Alexander Madison. This is another guy that I'm going to kind of benefit from a little bit doing this on a Tuesday afternoon because we have more details on Dalvin Cook. Because as of last night, the only details that we had were that the MRI came back pretty clean and that Mike Zimmer was actually leaving the door open for Dalvin Cook to be able to play this upcoming week. And even in that scenario, if you were the Dalvin Cook owner and you didn't own Alexander Madison, and believe it or not, if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, Madison's not available in any of my leagues. Well, guess what? On average throughout the major platforms, he's only 40% owned. So he's 60% available out there. So there's a ton of leagues where Alexander Madison is available. A ton of leagues where Dalvin Cook is a top first-round running back, and they don't have Alexander Madison. I mean, this is a guy that I beat the drum on. If you draft Dalvin Cook in the first round, you had to protect your investment. Hands down. No ands or ifs about it. You had to protect your investment. Because when you get a guy in the first round, like a Dalvin Cook, who has the soft tissue injury history that he has... You have to be able to protect that. And knowing that Alexander Madison has proven time and time again that he fits the system very well, that he's very productive when given the opportunity when Cook is not in the lineup or not able to go, that he's a no-brainer RB1 spelling in for Dalvin Cook. So there's no reason why you shouldn't have owned Alexander Madison. But that's, that's neither here nor there now. That's in the past. So if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, whether Cook was going to play this week or not, you have to make sure you get Alexander Madison. And because of his name, and now because of the news that Dalvin Cook might actually miss this upcoming week, that seems that have be trending now in that more of that direction, because they have the bye after that, so they might just say, hey, Dalvin Cook, you know, take this week off, come back after the bye in week seven. Well, now all of a sudden there's a decent chance Madison's going to start this week. 
Now you have to spend at least half your budget getting the handcuff that you should have had on your roster in the first place. And that's what you have to do. You have to spend at least 50% of your fab budget. You have to. Because you have, it's not just about you might only get to play him one game. It's about protecting yourself down the long run. Now, if you're not a Dalvin Cook owner and you're asking yourself, well, how hard should I go after Alexander Madison? Number one, if you have a top waiver priority, go ahead and pick him up. It may only be for one week, but how often do you get a chance to pick up a running back who's staring down the barrel at RB1 potential, even if it's just for one week upcoming on the waiver wire? It doesn't happen very often. I'm going to spend a top right waiver priority trying to pick up Alexander Madison tonight in any league that I have out there, and I have the capability of doing so. Play on the Atlanta Falcons this week. If there's ever a week for him to give you RB1 top five potential, this is the week. And then after he does it, you could probably trade him to the Dalvin Cook owner going into the bye week for something valuable because they're going to be desperate to have him for the rest of the season. So it makes it worth it going after an Alexander Madison. Now, what would I spend fad budget-wise? I wouldn't spend half my budget if I'm not the Dalvin Cook owner for one week. I wouldn't do that. But would I spend about 25 to 30%? Yeah, I would contemplate that because, again, you can probably turn around and trade Madison after this week to the Dalvin Cook owner for something valuable for the rest of the season. Or if you just want to hang on, hang on to him because you're in a position that you can take a lottery ticket and stash somebody on your bench, he's going to be one of the top guys that you can go ahead and stash as well. Because the one thing about a groin injury that I think we all should know by now at this point is that they have a tendency to linger. Even when they're not serious, they have a tendency to linger. They have a chance to be re-aggravated. So Madison is somebody who's going to be worth holding on to or you could possibly flip him. And he's going to have more value to you than just this upcoming week, which he's going to have RB1 level potential for this week upcoming. So that's why you have to look at it from that lens. And that's why you have to go after Alexander Madison. Like, so I'm not going to spend 50% of my fab if I'm not the Dalvin Cook owner because I don't want to bank rob myself for a player that may only have one week of value when it comes to the fab budgets. But I am going to be aggressive in trying to acquire him, and whether it's in fab or priority. So that wraps it up for the three big ones. Now we have a bunch of other guys to talk about that we feel like you can either get for free or I just wouldn't spend too much on them but do have some value heading into this week depending on what kind of situation you're in. The next guys we want to talk about would be Mecole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Now, Demarcus Robinson is less than 1% owned. So he's probably available everywhere. And you'll probably be able to pick him up for free because everybody knows he's going to be nothing more than a boomer bust wide receiver four option. And we're not 100% sure how this snap count is really going to turn out. So Demarcus Robinson is definitely worth a guy that you can pick up as a flyer, pick up for free in your fab leagues. I wouldn't pick him up. Uh, as a priority player, I would let waivers clear and maybe try to pick him up on a Wednesday where I can get him for free without spending a waiver wire priority on him. But he's somebody worth a stash if you have the room on your roster to be able to stash someone. Miko Hardman's a little bit of a different story. So we know with Sammy Watkins, he's definitely going to miss at least the next couple of weeks. We're still not sure how much more outside of that, but he's definitely in line to miss at least the next couple of weeks. And it's a hamstring injury. And it's Sammy Watkins. Whenever these soft tissue injuries tend to pop up, he never seems to get healthy again until the postseason. And because he's on a one-year contract, because they spent a second-round pick on Mikal Hardman last year, there's a chance if they, if they give him the opportunity, which I just don't see why they wouldn't, other than the Chiefs being the Chiefs, and they will tend to just rotate Hardman and Robinson and, and Pringle for whatever reason. If they give him the opportunity like they should, and he performs well, 
there's there's an argument to be made that Sammy Watkins never gets his job back because they're going to be moving on from him after this year anyway. Arguments be made. It's not likely. It's definitely not likely. But an argument could be made depending on how well he performs in Watkins' absence. So it's something that kind of worth seeing. It's a, a lottery ticket worth taking. As far as this week goes, the upcoming weeks, he's going to be a boomer bust wide receiver four. Because again, like kind of like Demarcus Robinson, we still don't exactly know how the snap share, how the routes run are really going to truly break down, how the targets are really truly going to break down. Because in the past, they have rotated those two. So the hope is, the idea is that Miko Harmon will be somebody who can be utilized, who will be utilized as the starting wide receiver, as the replacement for Sammy Watkins. So because he has more of a chance of that happening for him than, let's say, a Demarcus Robinson does, he is therefore worth more of a risk, more of a flyer. So I'm going to spend 10 to 15% of my fab budget. I'm going to use a six or lower waiver priority on Amico Harbin and take that shot because the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and if he's somebody who's looking at six to eight targets with his explosive capabilities with Patrick Mahomes, that's somebody who can win you a fantasy week here and there while at least Watkins is out and see how this thing plays out. So I'm going to take the risk there. Now, there are other players that I think I would rather go after because I'm more certain of their rest-of-season value than a Mecole Hartman. Uh, The one guy who comes to mind immediately would be T. Higgins, who still at this point, while his share, his roster share, has drastically gone up over the past couple of weeks, he still sits in at that 42% on average owned mark, still under that 50% threshold. So if you're sitting in a league and T. Higgins is available, you need to pick him up. We've talked about this timeless throughout this season so far. The Bengals are a high-volume passing offense. He has overtaken A.J. Green in routes run. Now Green is out with a hamstring issue on top of it. T. Higgins is somebody worth owning. He is somebody who's going to be looking at seven to nine targets pretty much every single week. Now, Tyler Boyd's still going to be the lead guy. Tyler Boyd's still going to be the lead wide receiver. But T. Higgins is going to establish himself as the main red zone threat, as the main deep field threat now with A.J. Green out of the lineup completely, probably for the next few weeks at least. They had an indefinite timetable on him. And on top of it, he's a rookie developing with Joe Burrow. He is the future of the Cincinnati Bengals to begin with. If they find themselves out of the playoffs, the argument can be made that there's no real reason to bring back A.J. Green at all or to bring him back in a situation where he could find himself as a prominent starting role. T. Higgins might be the guy for the rest of the season. So unlike a Miko Hardman, I have more confidence that T. Higgins will have more long-term value because I don't believe he's going to be usurped by A.J. Green when he comes back from his injury. So given with all that in mind, T. Higgins is somebody that I will go after 15-20% of my fab budget. I'll spend a priority on, especially if I'm a team looking for a fourth wide receiver to be able to rotate in as we go through bye weeks, as we deal with injuries, as we look for our flex plays. He's somebody that I'm going to look to be able to plug and play. Now, it's going to be matchup dependent. I don't want to play him against Baltimore too much. I don't want to play him against Pittsburgh too much. But being that the Bengals have now both of those, at least one of those out of the way for each of those matchups, they have a decent amount of games where you're going to feel pretty confident about being able to play T. Higgins and be able to sink your teeth into the volume that he's going to be able to provide you with. So he's definitely somebody worth going after, and I would rather go after him than, let's say, a Mecole Hardman just because of the rest of the season value, just to give you an idea there. Other wide receivers to talk about, Henry Ruggs. Now, 
listen, with Henry Ruggs, he had a big stat line, right? Two catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. But listen to what I said leading off there. Two catches on just three targets. The volume has still not been there yet with Henry Ruggs. Now, he hasn't played a lot yet this season. And maybe that volume will continue to increase. The one thing I can say with confidence is that this Raiders team, especially with the way they use Josh Jacobs, is set up to take at least two or three shots a game. When they do that, it will be Henry Ruggs. But I talked about this coming into the season. His NFL impact, what he does on the field, the fact that him being on the field is a is the main ingredient to be able to keep teams from being able to squeeze what would otherwise be a squeezable Raiders offense because Derek Carr is a checkdown quarterback at heart because his offense mostly runs through Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. His NFL impact is greater than what his fantasy impact will be on a week-to-week basis. Having said that, when Henry Ruggs is in the game, Hunter Renfro is not a thing. Brian Edwards has been hurt. They're leaning on Nelson Aguilar as the other guy. There is a pathway that Henry Ruggs could find himself as this season goes on, as he develops, as the rapport with Derek Carr develops, to finding himself in a situation where he might start to look at six to eight targets a game. There is a path for that to happen. If that winds up happening, and with his big play capability, in some of these matchups in the AFC West that are going to be high-scoring games, Henry Ruggs is going to be a boomer bust wide receiver for who can win you a week. Kind of like nobody was playing him this past week, but kind of like this past week. I don't think this is the last 100-yard, one-touchdown game that we're going to see out of Henry Ruggs this year. So he's somebody worth picking up. Now they're heading into the bye, and he's only 48% owned, which means he's not as available as some of these other guys that we're talking about, but he's still under that 50% threshold mark. Because they're going into the bye, I am not going to be going after him with my priority. I'm not even going to be going after him with my fab budget. He's somebody that you should be able to get for free and stash for the future. So again, I'm talking to teams who have winning records or already have a set lineup going into this week, aren't maybe too hindered by injuries or by. I'm not going to pick him up if I need somebody to help me right away. This is a play for the future to play him based on different matchups as a bye weekend fill-in where you can still hit a home run based on his role in the offense if he continued to stay healthy. So somebody on my radar, but not somebody I'm spending a whole lot of. I want to get him for free if I possibly can. We move on to some of the running backs I want to talk about, like Adrian Peterson. It's not sexy. It's not fun. I know. But to play the Jacksonville Jaguars this week... We have four teams on by. We have other teams that still have their running backs hurt and are waiting for them to get back, like an Austin Eckler or Nick Chubb or Christian McCaffrey. You know, those guys are all gone. You might be in a position where you need somebody with a pulse at the running back position. And before we went into the bye week, it seemed as though the Lions were ready to hand the reins, at least as far as the carries go, to Adrian Peterson. That was what it was going on. I don't know the change coming out of the bye. They could have went to the bye with the idea that maybe they want to try to get DeAndre Swift more involved moving forward. That could that could be the case. But based on the data that we have right now, and being how effective Adrian Peterson has been, and we know that Matt Patricia actually has to kind of play for now, not necessarily for the future, because his job is very much on the line. There's a very good chance when they come out against the Jacksonville Jaguars that Adrian Peterson is the one looking at 18 carries. And in this matchup with the Jaguars, that is somebody that you can definitely play in the flex or as a plug-and-play RB2, given the volume and given how well and effective he actually has been so far this season when given that amount of workload. on Johnson, I would stay confident, is going to remain the odd man out of this offense. I, and I, I wouldn't surprise me if DeAndre Swift continued to be the pass-catching down back. But like I said, in this matchup, 
Adrian Peterson could be looking at 18 carries. Could be something to pick up. Am I am I spending a top priority on him? Am I spending fab budget on him? Uh, fab budget-wise, I'm not spending more than 5% if I really need a running back this week. Priority-wise, I'm going to let him clear waivers. I'm not going to kill my top priority. for. If you're in the back end, then it's a little bit different because you're not going to lose much ground anyway. But if you're in the top area, I'm not wasting on Adrian Peterson type. But he is somebody who's going to have some value, especially for some of you out there in different situations, especially if you need to win this week and you need somebody to come in as your RB2 or as your flex play. He's somebody who could do that for you. Chase Edmonds. 46% owned. Now, he's not somebody you're going to feel confident about playing this week in your flex. But if you have a roster spot, and we're talking about lottery tickets like with Alexander Madison, if you have a roster spot and a room to stash someone, you got to pick up Chase Edmonds. I don't know why Kenyon Drake's not involved in the passing game. Physically, he has not looked great. I don't know what kind of offense Cliff Kingsbury continues to run. It didn't, even though they put up 30 points against the Jets, is really misleading because the offense itself didn't look very good. I don't know if that's going to change. I would think that it would be. But for now, Chase Edmonds is starting to become more and more of a pass catcher. Now, you're not going to play him yet. He still has to get a few more weeks where he's the dominant pass catcher for us to feel like you can play him as a flex. But if there is something wrong with Kenyon Drake, or if he continues to be inefficient, Chase Edmonds is somebody who could wind up usurping Kenyon Drake. Or if an injury were to happen to Drake. And if that were to happen, Chase Evans suddenly becomes a high-end RB2 in this offense. Because he has looked good. He has been involved in the passing game. I would suspect that would continue if he were to somehow replace Drake throughout the season. Or if you're the Kenyon Drake owner, like the Dalvin Cook owner, there's absolutely no reason on planet Earth that you should not have Chase Evans on your roster protecting your second-round investment that you spent on Kenyon Drake for this season. So if you have Drake and Chase Edmonds is out there, thank everybody for the gift. Thank everybody that Kenyon Drake did not get injured and go get him before it's too late. Learn from the Dalvin Cook owner who might have gotten burned this past week because they didn't have Alexander Madison. Now, as far as fat budget goes, because we're talking about a player that if you're not the Kenyon Drake owner, that is more of a stash than anything else, 5 to 10%. I'm not going to spend a top three priority on him either. But if he's available to you, make sure you go ahead and grab him. We have some streaming tight ends that we do want to talk to you guys about, like an Eric Ebron, like a Robert Tanyan. Eric Ebron, 37% owned. When we went through the Week 5 recap that got lost to the ether and unfortunately not going to be able to play for you guys, I talked about how there's a lot of tight ends who were considered in that top streaming territory that because of their performances over the past couple of weeks are no longer in that territory, like a Dalton Schultz, like a Hayden Hurst, and a couple other guys like a Drew Sample. Those are all guys that I don't think are considered weekly streaming options anymore. Maybe in certain matchups, maybe if they reestablish themselves, but not automatic streamers that you can go ahead and lean on. However, I do believe that Robert Tanyan and Eric Ebron right now are top-end streaming options that you should be looking at, that you should be going after. Now, Robert Tanyan, there is a question mark there with him when it comes to when Devontae Adams comes back into the lineup, what happens then? Is it just Devontae Adams and then Aaron Jones, and maybe they sprinkle in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Robert Tanyan gets left out completely because it's a tight end in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, and that does happen? Or will they continue to lean on the good production that Tanyan has been able to give them to this point and be the main red zone threat outside of a Devontae Adams or an Aaron Jones. I think we're kind of in the 50-50 range as far as which one is more likely to happen, but we can't ignore the fact that he's had a couple good weeks now of production, that 
Aaron Rodgers has seemingly grown a comfort with him. And as far as the target share goes, everyone's asking, well, who's going to be that second pass catcher outside of Devontae Adams now that Alan Lazard may be done for the year? Well, everybody wants to point to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think there's just as much of an argument to be made right now that that could be Robert Tanyan. And he's 48% owned. So there's 52% of leagues out there where he is available. A guy who could arguably be the second pass catcher in an Aaron Rodgers offense is worth a pickup now. Don't have to go crazy on him. If he's still available in your league, 5-10%. to We're talking about a streaming tight end here. I'm not going to spend a top 5 waiver priority on him either. But he is somebody you could pick up, and he should be one of the, considered one of the top streaming options heading into Week 6, just given the landscape of tight end right now. Same thing kind of goes for Eric Ebron. Now, he had a bad fumble last week, and I'm not sure if that's going to come back to haunt him or not. Hopefully, it doesn't. But he's had two weeks in a row now where he's had six or more targets. He started to get involved in the offense, and that was with and without Deontay Johnson. That was with and without their full plethora of weapons. Ben Roethlisberger seems to be looking for him a little bit more. There seems to be a rapport building there. We know Roethlisberger does like to go to the tight end when having the ability to do so. And Eric Ebron is a threat to score a touchdown at any given moment. So he is also somebody that I'm looking at the streaming option. I'd rather go after Robert Tanyan if he's available, but if not, Eric Ebron should also be considered a streaming tight end for you this week. Outside of that, other than Andy Dalton, the other quarterback that we have on this list, he actually has a bye week coming up. So this is the perfect time to get him for free. That's Justin Herbert. After the game that he just had, and we got to talk about Mike Williams in this game as well. But Justin Herbert, after the game he just had against the Saints, and the Saints, they do not have the defense that we expected them to have this season. They just haven't played like it. The, the talent is there. They've been a little bit banged up. On paper, they should be a great defense. That hasn't been the case. But nonetheless, he put up four touchdowns last week. He, Other than, I believe, one game so far of him starting, he has been a top 10 quarterback for fantasy football purposes. And he hasn't even used one of his better attributes, as his, which is his legs, his rushing ability. We haven't even seen that too much to this point. Now, they go into the bye week. So if you need a streaming quarterback for this week, then you're not going to be looking at Justin Herbert. But if you have a quarterback that you feel comfortable with this week and you are somebody who streams quarterback or or is looking for a quarterback in your bye week or uh, a streaming option, a lottery ticket later on in the season, like for instance, maybe you have a Teddy Bridgewater or something like that right now, Justin Herbert is a guy that if you have a bench spot, go ahead and pick him up as a lottery ticket. The way he's throwing the ball and the fact that you know that he can use his legs to pick up some points as well and maybe forced in the situations of having to do so because they have so many injuries now with Austin Eckler and now Keenan Allen, which we're going to talk about in a second. He is somebody who's going to provide you a nice fantasy floor. He is somebody who's going to be in that top streaming quarterback option, that top QB2, maybe even a low-end QB1 if he continues to play the way that he has. So, yes, you have it has to be due to your circumstances right now, which is why... And I think you can get him for free, number one. I don't think you have to spend anything on him. I don't think you have to spend a priority on him. But somebody who I'm definitely looking to pick up if I've been streaming quarterbacks anyway to this point, and I miss out maybe on the Andy Dalton sweepstakes for the rest of the season. The other guy we talk about from that game is Mike Williams. Five catches, 105 yards. He had two touchdowns in that matchup. Keenan Allen went down due to a back injury. Now, again, they're heading into their bye week. So, again, if you need somebody to help you out this week, you're not looking at Mike Williams. But if you have that extra bench spot, I'm taking the lottery ticket because with Keenan Allen possibly missing time and Austin Eckler out, well, all of a sudden, all those targets that those two are getting, and they were both getting double-digit targets before they got hurt. Now you're looking at it going to Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, maybe Justin Jackson getting mixed in there. That's where those targets are now going to get distributed to. 
if Mike Williams is entering a situation where he's now going to be looking at minimum eight targets in a game with his big play capability and his red zone proudness, all of a sudden he becomes an instant high-end wide receiver three and an automatic flex play for you. Now, we don't know how much time Keenan Allen's going to miss. And unfortunately, because it is their bye week, we're probably not going to know how much time Keenan Allen is going to miss until next week, if at all. Which is why I'm not going to spend anything to get Mike Williams. If I can get him for free, great. If not, so be it. Because we don't know if Keenan Allen's actually going to miss time. Because if Allen doesn't miss time, then Mike Williams becomes a very hit-or-miss wide receiver for because his volume is not going to be consistent. So that's where you kind of have to play those things. That wraps it up for the waiver wire players that I want you guys to go after or think about in your lineups and our options for you. The one guy that we need to talk about before we wrap this short episode up that I don't want you guys to go after, or at least not go crazy going after. If you get him for free, fine. But I don't want you guys going after, and I think a lot of people will, is Travis Fulgham, wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles who just had that big week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson have been confirmed that they are expected to not only be back at practice this week, but they are expected to play this week six. I know he had two good weeks in a row, and he had a big week this past week against Pittsburgh. Doug Peterson is going to play Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, if for no other reason because of the contracts and the money that they're paying them, are going to play both of those guys ahead of Travis Fulgham. Now, one could argue that maybe he at least surpasses Greg Ward on the depth chart, but I don't know if that's going to be the case when both of the other two are active because they do like having Greg Ward, for whatever reason, they like having Greg Ward in the slot when those other bigger wide receivers are available on the perimeter. They just do. So there's a real chance here that starting in week six, Travis Fulgham could get knocked down to being the fourth wide receiver on this team. There's a real chance that that happens. And then in two the three weeks from now, when Jalen Rager comes back, there's a real chance because of the draft capital that they spent on Jalen Rager that he could get knocked down to being the wide receiver five on this team. I know a lot of people are getting caught up in his performance. I know a lot of people are getting caught up in the fact that the Eagles haven't had any healthy wide receivers to this point, so it might be a little hard to imagine them with actually healthy, active wide receivers, and I understand that. But you have to keep that in mind in his circumstances. He has a very tight window, and because Jackson and Jeffrey might be back this week, he may have no window at all. So do not spend any fad budget on him. Do not spend a priority on him. If you want to pick him up as a stash play because you can get him for free, fine. That's fine with me. But do not go out of your way to pick up a Travis Fulgham. Let someone else make that mistake. That's actually going to wrap it up for the waiver wire report. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Remember, we are going to be back on Thursday and Friday, normally scheduled 12 o'clock to 1.30 on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on your Android app or WWSRN on iOS. That is the best place to download, listen, or watch the show. Of course, you can always catch us on your favorite streaming app, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you like to go after the fact as well, after we're done being live. So make sure you tune in for that. I am going on another long weekend getaway. Uh, Obviously not as long as last weekend because we are doing the Friday show. But next week, hopefully, if we don't have any more technical difficulty issues, which I'm praying that we won't, uh, we will have the week six recap and waiver wire report available to you guys next Tuesday. So we're not going to have a Monday, 
you know, week six Sunday afternoon recap like we normally would. It will be all in one episode and hopefully technology permitting won't get deleted into the ether like last night's episode did. So I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. Make sure you're following us on social media at BellyUpMDFFShow. Remember, you can follow us there. Contact us there if you have any fantasy football questions. Because we're going back to two episodes on Thursday and Friday, we are going to be back to having a mailbag segment this week. So if you have any any fantasy football rants, comments, questions, anything, hit us up on social media again at BellyUpMDFFShow and we'll get your question on the show and we'll talk about it then. Or I will respond to you if we don't wind up putting your question on the show. Either way, I am always here for you. Everyone stay safe. Have fun on your Tuesday night football. Get the waiver wire players that you need for your teams moving forward and we'll see you on Thursday on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.